Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. All right, today's topic comes from a listener question. And basically she says she has a specific goal, in this case to do more conditioning with her dogs, but when she gets home, she's just too tired and unmotivated. So she asks, how do I change my mindset? Oh my God, how I relate to this question. I too have a conditioning goal, and I personally keep using the hot weather as an excuse not to train since it's been like crazy hot and humid out east. I even have obedience and rally trials that I'm entered in in about mm, 10 days, and at this rate, I will be readjusting my goals if I don't get my butt out there and start training or start tuning up, I guess, in my case. So let's start with why this happens to us even when we have real clarity on our goals and the things that we want. You know, sure, being tired is a real thing, sometimes. Um, the, the example I always give is like, remember when we were kids and we were like too sick to go to school, but as soon as our moms were like, well, if you're too sick to go to school, then that means you can't like go to sports or go visit your friends or whatever. And all of a sudden, it was like a freaking miracle. We were better. We were cured, you know? So we were prioritizing, right? We were like, oh, I can rally for that. Like I can get myself out of bed for that. I just didn't really want to go to math class, right? So there are times where we truly are sick (laughs) or fatigued or overwhelmed, and we do need to just sit in front of Netflix and numb out, all right? That's a real thing. Tough days happen, right? That's a real thing. You might need to, you know, get to the bottom of a Ben and Jerry's. I get that. But if you're doing that every day or you're doing it often or you're doing it and it's at the cost of you training, right? You're making a trade-off instead of training your dog. You're just like, I can't. I'm just numbing out, whatever. Then we might have to talk about that, right? We might have to talk about the reason that's happening. And most often... The truth is, and this is not like soft and fluffy, but the real hard truth is most often we don't want it. We don't want to do it. We don't want the goal enough. We're not willing to put in the effort that it will take to get to the goal that we have set for ourselves. And I get that that's not super comfortable to hear. And whenever I say that to people, like in a coaching context, I get a barrage of reasons that that's not the case, right? People immediately defend their goal and defend their behavior is like, no, 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 that's not true. I really want to do this. I really want to do this. And, you know, the truth is, is if you really wanted to do it, you would do it, okay? So this is not about calling you out, all right? But it's about getting honest because what we're going to do is we're going to go through how to get you over that hump, Okay, because I know that you have big goals and you want to accomplish all of them and then some. And so we got to get you over that. But you've got to realize that like you're making a choice and we can make better choices. Okay, so 
One of the con- my conditioning goal this summer has to do with one of the venues where I compete with my dogs. And like I've you know, I have Bernese Mountain Dogs, and what they were bred to do is pull carts, and we call that we call it draft. Okay, and they were they were supposed to pull carts of milk in the Swiss Swiss Alps from the farmers down to town. Right? Sounds so romantic when you say it like that, but basically they were all around farm dogs, and they pulled carts. So we have a competition where that's what we do, and one of the aspects of that is called a freight hall where the dogs have a a load of amount a certain amount of weight in the backs of their carts well for the open levels the higher level um, that weight is determined by the dog's weight so it's the dog's weight rounded down to the nearest 10 so trip weighs 115 pounds he has to pull 110 pounds for a half of a mile And I've got my calendar out and I've done the quote calendar math, which if I'm going to increase his weight by five pounds each week, that means that this week he should be already pulling 30 pounds. It's not a big number from him. He could go out and pull that right now. Um, But the point is, I really need to get out there before that number is like 50 pounds. I can't just throw 50 pounds in the cart and be like, yeah, good luck. You look strong. You'll handle it. It's fine. Um, Not to do it safely, not to do it well, not to do it in the standards I have for his conditioning, right? So, um, and the thing is, is I have a deadline on this, right? I also have a time constraint. I have a compelling event. Mid-November, I'm going to Texas, right? So I'm willing to drive 20 some hours to Texas to enter this event um, for three days at this weight. And he'd better be ready, right? Otherwise, I'm wasting time, money, energy, all the things, gas, miles on my car, like all the things. And so I'm obviously, this is important to me. Obviously, I have a compelling event. I have a plan. I know what it is I'm supposed to do. And yet he's not seen his cart in months. It's not even in the van. It's not even loaded, right? And so why am I doing this, right? This is important to me. I don't believe in rushing his conditioning. Um, you know, I have excuses when I hear them. They're, they include like, you know, I have to take him somewhere because I can't just go out my back door. So I have to load him in the car and, and take the cart and and drive to a park. Um, mind you, the park is like a half a mile away. Like he could do the conditioning on the way there and back, right? That's how close it is. Um, It's also been stupid hot, which is a real thing, okay? But at night, it's getting kind of cool. And, you know, right now, it's like kind of cool out as I'm recording this. And yet, uh, I'm coming up with excuses why not to put him in the car and drive to the park, okay? So, I mean, there it is. Like, I just don't want to. If I wanted to, I would do things differently. I would design my day differently. I would um, organize my um, schedule, right, accordingly. So, and the thing is, is like, I do feel guilty about it, right? And, but what I'm doing is I'm telling myself, I'm looking at this calendar math that I've done, and I'm like, "Mm, I got a little time. I got a little time. I'm still okay on my goal, right? Well, that's a dangerous game of chicken, basically, right? So I really, I know, now I know myself, right? The good news is I know myself and I know that I will get there, okay? But let's not get ahead of my story, okay? So in my real life really happening right now story, 
there are some common elements, right? Common elements to me, you, common to all of us. But the primary is really having a compelling event as motivation, all right? You know, an event we're training for is often the motivation we need to train the skill or do the conditioning or focus on the thing. It's powerful. Compelling is compelling, right? To have a compelling event is in and of itself compelling. And it gets us dialed in, right? It gets us moving. It gets our it gets our butts off the couch and it gets us moving. And so without it, sometimes without that compelling event, that stake in the ground, Sometimes we do feel a bit rudderless, I'll say, or we don't really have a real reason or a time constraint um, that makes us motivate and and puts us into action. So with my example, because it has a time frame on it, I will kick it into gear and I will kick it into gear very soon. Um, And the reason I know this is I have faith in myself through past experiences to know that that's true. So I do trust myself. Maybe I trust myself a little too much, Um, but I know that it's important. I know that I will do this correctly, and I know I will get motivated very soon. And oddly, sometimes in August out east, the evenings get a little bit better in terms of heat and conditioning. So I think that that will end up being my plan. (laughs) Stay tuned. I'll let you know. Um, So if you don't have a time frame on your goal, you might, it might not be moving you because you still think you have time. All right. The other thing is, is you might actually admit to yourself that your goal isn't that important or interesting. You're just not interested in working on it. Okay. Um, I once heard this business coach and she was making that distinction and she was actually talking about like the power of language and how you talk about it and the phrasing, what you say. And so she wanted people to say, you know, change from saying things like, oh, I can't do that today or, you know, I'm not going to do that. Or, I'll, I'll do that later. And she wanted them to change the phrasing to I don't want to. And her point was, is by saying that out loud, like by saying out loud, I don't want to train that today it really is a bit of a slap in the face because you're saying to yourself like, no, I'm making the choice. Like, I don't, I don't want to. That's not interesting to me. It's, I, I don't want to. And I think when I say that, like about my own situation, when I fr- rephrase and I say, I don't want a conditioned trip, I have a big emotional reaction to that statement because it's not true, right? Because I know that that's not true. I do want to. I do want to work him. I'm motivated to figure out how to get it done within the weather and the time constraints that we have. And even as I think about it, I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, like I said, tonight would be a good night to go do that. So you got to remember that inertia or not moving is a really powerful thing. And once we are in a routine of like, say, not moving from our couch, that couch gets pretty sticky. Uh, maybe literally, depending on what you're snacking on. Um, But we need to figure out, okay, fine. If that's true, if all of these things that I'm saying are true, how do we pull ourselves off the couch? How do we become an object in motion instead of an object at rest? All right, that's the core question here. I'm also reminded of my dad always had this phrase that he would say, and he'd say, get serious, kid. And he would say that whenever he thought that we were BSing about something which so of course I heard that phrase a lot from him but what he was really trying to say is and the reason it's coming up for me now is like am I 
in my own case, or are you in your case of something you're putting off, are you BSing yourself? Are you lying to yourself? Are you not being honest? Um, is there some part of it that you're not really coming to terms with, right? Get serious, kid. It's time to get serious. So here's the first thing I want you to do. I want you to ask yourself this first set of questions. Do you truly want the goal that you've set, the one that you're not doing anything for? Do you truly want it? And it's okay if the answer is no, because you might end up rephrasing your goal or you know, turning it around in some way. So that's okay. But if, yes, if you do really want this goal, then I need you to create a why statement. And what I mean by that is I need you to write down, literally, I need you to get out pen and paper or a note card or something, and I want you to write down why that goal is important. Like, what do you get out of it? Why does it matter to you? And bonus points for writing it on a sticky or like a note card or something that you like put in your bathroom, like on your mirror or something where you will see it often and are often reminded that this is important to you and why this goal is important to you. You need to get your emotions involved, right? You need to, your emotions are the elephant, right? Then you need to get your emotions involved in your goal. It can't just be this like, yeah, that would be a nice thing if I did that, okay? The second part I need you to ask yourself is, what happens if you don't do it? What happens if you don't train? Okay. What happens if you don't work toward this goal? What happens then? Like what's, what's the consequence? Do you care? Like do you really, like if that happens, if the consequence happens and, you know, it, your dog isn't as conditioned or um, like right now I need to do more grid work with my younger dogs for agility because their rear ends need to be a little stronger. And of course, I, I need to do that. Well, what happens if I don't do that? Well, they're going to have more bars and, and I'm going to be frustrated and then I'm going to be wasting money and da 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 So when you ask yourself, well, what happens if I don't do it? Sometimes you're like, oh shit, I don't want that. For me, if I don't train for this Texas event, right, I really care right? It really matters to me. Like that starts to be like, oh yeah, no, that's not okay. Right? And the thing is, is that the other really harsh question you have to ask yourself, I feel like I'm being so mean today. Um, but how would you feel if you didn't accomplish your goal because you watched Netflix instead? <laughs> I mean, it's rude to say it that way, I realize, but it's true. Like literally, if you, if, so, if you had to tell somebody, well, I'm not going to that trial or I didn't condition my dog or I didn't train for rally or obedience or whatever it is I'm working for. And they said, well, what would you do instead? And you're like, um, I watched two new seasons of something, <laughs> right? You'd be embarrassed. You'd be ashamed. It would be ridiculous, right? So, but I need you to ask yourself these things, just like I am, and getting very honest with our goal setting, right, and the work that it requires to put into it. Because this this competitive life that we have set out for ourselves, you know, people from the outside look at it and it's like, oh, isn't that cute? You do things with your dogs. And you're like, no, no, this is like, this is sport. Like, no, a ball's not thrown. I, I can't get hit in the face, but I can fall down. <laughs> My dogs can get hurt. You know, injuries happen. This is sport. This is competitive. And most important, this is important to me. So it's work. And not all aspects of it are going to be fun, right? This is where we need discipline to pull us forward. You know, those of us who did play sports as a kid, we remember that, like, we loved the sport. And because of that, we put up with the non-attractive, non-fun parts of it. 
right? Maybe you had to do weight training. For me, I had to muck stalls, right? There's nothing glamorous about mucking a stall, but I would do it all day if it meant getting to ride right? So Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love in her book, Big Magic, she talks about the fact that like, what do you love so much that you're willing to eat the shit sandwich, right? And I just, I love that quote because it does, it evokes memories of like cleaning stalls because I was willing to do that in order to go ride, right? Or whatever chore I had to do. So this is like that, right? This is the discipline that we need in these moments to train and work our dogs in a way that we know will pay off for us in the end, okay? All right, so when you get through these two questions, one outcome is, is you may realize you don't really want the thing, okay? You don't really want the goal or it doesn't have enough value to you or it doesn't have enough pull. There's no emotional connection. You know what? That's good news. And the reason it's good news is now you have clarity and now you can either edit your goal or adjust or let go of it or approach it in a different way. All right. That's an answer. Like coming to that point is actually an answer. All right. So now you get to decide, do you still want to work on it? Is this still something that is important to you? And of course, if it is, well, now we have to get to work. And after a quick sip of water, I'll be right back. All right, just a quick break as I give a shameless plug to one of my favorite masterclasses, and that is the Q Resilience Masterclass. It is available on theqcoach.com, and it is now available as a standalone, self-serve, do-it-whenever-you-feel-you-need-it course. And it was created because I felt like we all needed to build our skill around resilience because we need resilience when it comes to coming out of a setback or returning from a disappointment or even resetting in between classes or days or trials or events or what have you. You know, not everything goes perfectly. Not everything goes according to plan. And sometimes we need a little help coming back from that. So a lot of people talk about hey, how do I bounce back? And I don't really want you to bounce back. I want you to bounce forward. I want you to recover. I want you to reconnect, maybe redo your plan. Um, And I want you to have those skills. And so that's why I created the Q Resilience Masterclass. And like I said, it's now available self-serve. So check it out on theqcoach.com. And if you take it, let me know what you think. Thanks. Okay, and we're back. All right, so one of two outcomes, you either decided that yes, you want to work on that goal, or no, you're going to let it go and do something else. Or maybe you're going to edit it and you have a new goal now. All right, for whichever goal you have now, you need to get to work. So we need to figure out how to motivate, right? Right? That was our initial question, right? How do we change our mindsets and how do we get our butts off the couch and away from Netflix potentially? and get to work. Okay, so one of the things I find sometimes that keeps us from training our dogs is this this notion of time. And I think we build this notion of time from this concept of like a lot of us take lessons, whether they're private lessons or group lessons, which are typically an hour. And typically we get in the car and we drive an hour and then we work for an hour and then we get back in the car for an hour and we come home, right? So it takes, so now we have this in our heads, that, oh my God, it takes three hours to train my dogs. And truthfully, that's not true, especially if we are able to train at home 
or like in my case, like literally go a half a mile to train, right? And do what I need to do, go in our basement, wherever. So we need to rethink our concept of time and how much time it does take to actually train a dog. It doesn't take an hour. They usually don't even work for that long. Um, It might take a few minutes or a few minutes a few times a day. The other thing, and we'll talk about later, is accessibility, right? So if you do have to drive an hour to train, you may have to come up with something that's more accessible. Or if you need certain equipment, you have to think about how to make that equipment accessible and easy. You know, even if it, I mean, I've put a cart in my living room before, right, to just get me to work on a certain skill or whatever so that it's easy and I'm eliminating one more excuse. But I'm getting a little bit ahead, all right? So what I want to go back to is this notion of time. So you want to break your training then into smaller segments because you want to remove like barriers to entry, as we would call it in the biz world, right? You want to make it easy. You, you want to remove as many excuses as possible. So I call this, or one concept I always talk about is my, quote, cheese stick training approach, <laughs> okay? So, all right, a lot of us use those cheese sticks to train, right? Those little like sticks of mozzarella or whatever, right? That's string cheese. And if you don't, if you use something else, just humor me, you know, for the sake of this for a second, all right? So I want you to tell yourself you're going to train your dogs, dog or dogs, for only the amount of time that it takes for them to finish a stick of cheese, okay? In the case of my dogs, that's not that long, right? Two dogs going through a stick of cheese is like, like a minute or two, right? So when I do that, the first thing it does is it gets me up, right, off the couch. And probably I've already been in the kitchen, so maybe I can just have my next swing by, you know, open the refrigerator and grab a stick of cheese. All right, so I'm up. Fantastic. The next thing it does for me is it distills it down that I only have to do this for two minutes, which back in the day of when we had to watch sit through commercials, two minutes, two seconds, We were right there, and that's literally the length of a commercial, right? But now you can pause, okay? So no excuses there. But my point is, is you're only going to do it for a couple minutes. So you're going to tell yourself, that's all I'm going to do. The other thing it does is it makes you simplify and focus what you're actually going to do for those two minutes. Because now, like, oh my God, I've only got two minutes. Whereas sometimes if we go off and train for an hour, we do this and that, or we don't really have a clear plan. So by actually focusing, now we're actually training deliberately, meaning we have a plan, we have a thing or two we're going to work on for that two minutes or that time it takes to finish the cheese stick, and we're going to actually get something done, all right? Another version I've seen done of this before and have done myself is you just have like a bowl of cookies on the counter, you know, or somewhere that they can't get it. And when you walk by, you grab a handful and you're like, I'm going to train until this handful of cookies is gone. Now, in a lot of cases, both the handful of cookies and the, and the cheese stick approach for me, a lot of times you end up going back for more, right? Because you get some momentum. Now you're up. Now you're moving. Now you're doing something. And you're like, oh, I just want to do one more thing. I thought of this thing I want to do. I, let me just grab a, a couple more treats. Well, and all of a sudden you're up. Because the truth of the matter is you like training your dogs. You're motivated. You're, you're interacting with your dogs and you love that. It's part of your why. It's part of why you got into this in the first place. So really, all you're trying to solve for is just that initial like five, four, three, two, one, as Mel Robbins says, and just get up, okay? So if you need to drive somewhere to train, then you need to either put it on your calendar or check the weather report, whatever you need to do, and get organized for it. 
okay? Set aside time, but also, like for me, if I have to go cart around the corner, I should put the cart in the car. If I've got treats that aren't going to melt, put the treats in the car, everything I need, get it organized and just put it in the car. Do that one night. And then the next night, you know, like literally, all I have to do is walk into my car, put a dog in and drive. Boom, done. It's like that same concept where they you want to work out in the morning, so they'll tell you to like set your workout clothes out the night before. You know, I've even known some people who have slept in their workout clothes, so like when they get up in the morning, they're dressed. They're ready to go. They just have to add shoes and they're off, okay? So you need to do the same thing with any equipment you have. So I know at my house, I have some conditioning equipment and I have it where I can see it. Yes, it makes me feel guilty sometimes, but sometimes the guilt is motivating too, right? But the point is it's not in a garage, it's not under a shed, it's not, it doesn't have to be like inflated, you know, there's nothing that has to be done, it's handy. So you want to basically eliminate as much prep work as possible that could be a barrier to entry for you, right? If you just mowed your yard and you have to go back out and set up all your agility or obedience equipment, sometimes that's like, oh, I don't feel like doing that, right? So set it up the night before or set it up in the morning when you're walking dogs and doing nothing and you're getting ready. You know, just moving it around will help motivate you. Just squeeze that in and make sure that you are, you know, the the stage is set, if you will, and the stage is set and it's easy and everything is very accessible, okay? Another idea is if you are someone who, as a kid, was motivated by the gold star approach, okay, you like to see in those gold stars, you know, on the fridge or on your paper or wherever, then set up that for yourself, right? Commit to, let's say, five out of seven days this week, or maybe three, start small, three out of seven days this week, you are going to do X, Y, Z, right? Do your healing pattern, prep for your upcoming obedience or agility trial or do some conditioning, then give yourself a star for it, right? And if you get seven stars or 10 stars or whatever you get, you give you, get a little reward, right? I don't care if it's letting yourself have that Ben and Jerry's or it's buying a piece of equipment that you wanted for the sport or buying a new shirt for the upcoming trial or something like that. Reward yourself. If that works for you, reward yourself. If it doesn't work for you, don't do it because don't set yourself up or create systems that will not support you. Okay, that's super counterproductive. You know, and accountability, that can also be another way, you know, check in with someone else. Ask them to bug you or to say like, hey, how many times did you do conditioning this week? Or how many times, you know, did I go to the park? How many times did somebody else, you know, practice for obedience, right? Break down those barriers and make sure that you are supported, whether through systems or humans, um, that will support your goals and support what it is that you're trying to get done, okay? Because really, for the most part, what happens is when we don't work on our goals, goals that we want, it's because we became disconnected from the why of the work that goes into the goal, right? Because there's all these like process goals and milestones and, and skills that we have to learn or conditioning that we have to do in order to, right? In order to. So, and again, that's the not fun part of our sport, maybe. And so we, when we become disconnected from the why, we become disconnected from the emotion behind it of why we set the goal to begin with, of why we wanted to be motivated, why it was important. And so reconnecting with that why is super important. I mean, it happened so much last year during the pandemic. Like even as trials started back up, people were like, well, I don't know if there's going to be a trial. I don't know if it's going to be canceled. 
maybe, I don't know, we just haven't done anything in a while. And I, I don't know, I'm just not feeling it. And it was part of that inertia. We hadn't moved around for a while. We hadn't done any things. Um, our dogs had gotten all this time off. So they were rusty. We were rusty. And, you know, we have to get ourselves moving again. So for me, short-term goals are really easy, meaning like something with a near-term event. And those long-term ones, like me sitting here in July looking at November, that's harder, right? That's harder to motivate for something where the payoff or the experience or the trial or whatever isn't going to be for many months from now. Rehab programs, right? Bringing a dog back from rehab, knowing you've got six months ahead of you, Sometimes that's hard, you know? Sometimes you, you jump right in in the beginning and you think you're going to be like the best rehab client ever and then you kind of lose focus. And it's because you get disconnected from your why or maybe you don't see the results, you know, and it's too long of a marathon for you. So you need to set more interim goals, okay? So you got to figure out if you still want that goal and how bad you want it. That's really what it comes down to because if you want it, you will find the discipline to go get it. It's really what it comes, I mean, again, being harsh, I guess, today, um, that was not my intent, Um, but figure out what motivates you, figure out what system, figure out if it's accountability, if it's the carrot route, if it's the stick route, if it's really focusing on like, you know, hey, if you don't do this, this isn't going to happen. You know, I don't like putting things in the negative though, because we don't like that, but you have to know and you have to get honest with yourself. And then from there you can motivate. Um, Because think about how much you've already accomplished, right? You can totally do this. All right. Okay. So I want to know what works for you. Okay. So hit me up. You know, I always promote um, my podcast on Facebook and social media. So either hit me up in the comments when this launches, you know, on on those platforms, or um, I don't know, just send me a DM. Would love to hear from you. Obviously, I take requests. So let me know what it is you want me to help you with. I am here to do that. And as always, don't forget to check out the show notes. Uh, There's links to my Q membership, my monthly membership in there. Right now, the membership is getting a preview into a, a complete masterclass on performing under pressure. Like they're getting the masterclass as part of the membership. Um, and that masterclass is going to end up on clean run. So it's it's good. You should check it out for real. You'll like it. Um, but always also in the show notes are like links to, um, you know, ways that you can support the podcast and even to Summit Joint Performance of which I am a big promoter of for our dogs. All right. That's it for this week. As always, have a great week with your dogs and I will talk to you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.